by the way, I just like, this happens to me every once in a while. I, I like went like this to my ear, you know, cause it was itchy or whatever. And now my ear is jammed up with wax and I can't hear. It's the most, <laughs> it happens to me. And sometimes- There's the opening of the pod, Greg. There's the opening of <laughs> Welcome back to The Loop. I'm Alex Myers. As always, I'm joined by Steve Hennessy, Christopher Powers. We've got a legendary guest once again today, the one and only Colin Montgomery, a.k.a. Monty. Uh, he will be joining us in a bit to discuss a wide array of things, I, I should say. Um, so that was a lot of fun talking to him. We talked to him a little about uh, the BMW PGA Championship, of course, the DP World Tour flagship event which happened over the weekend and i ended up only being 54 holes obviously r.i.p queen elizabeth she dies in the middle of it just adding to the chaotic year that has been pro golf that has the netflix editors scrambling everywhere uh but so let's start with the bmw pga only 54 holes does count Money was real. The world ranking points were real. And Shane Lowry comes out on top by a shot over Rory and John Rahm. One of the best finishes almost of the year. CP Steve, I know we talked briefly last week. I don't think any of us were really going to put much money on it. But uh, how interesting was that to see, especially Rahm's crazy back nine, I guess. Yeah, I think Rahm uh, made Lowry sweat it a little bit. He admitted that afterward. Um and kudos to you, Myers, not making a live joke, you know, about two minutes talking about a 54-hole BMW. I did not. And I thought of it, and I was like, eh, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's been played out by it literally was. everyone in the golf space. Yeah. So kudos to you. Um, yeah, I, I made two bets, one of which was Shane Lowry. So uh, kudos well, to right. me. You did say you won. Hey, kudos to you. Kudos. So many winners, it's tough to keep track with you, Steve. Damn. Yeah, I know it. Um yeah, I listened to Reed Fowler, who our friend who's been on our podcast. Uh, he talked Shane Lowry up on some radio hit. He's like, you know what? Shane Lowry's played so well all year. It would just make too much sense. He's yeah. also said Wentworth is like his favorite place in the world. And so, uh, you know, held off his buddy, Rory McIlroy. It was awesome. I, I watched the last couple of holes, uh, even balancing out the football. So it's great. Well, we talked to Colin about Shane's um... – you know, celebration, let's just say. And he posted, I'll ask you, CP. I mean, that was a classic hangover pick that Lowry posted, A, wearing the same clothes, just looking like a train hit him. Uh, and then B, he posts that video of Team Lowry, which is now my favorite team maybe in all of sports, <laughs> including Patty, Brian, Bo Martin, just going after it uh, in the after party. What was your take on, on Team Lowry? That was amazing. I've seen, I think that's like a TikTok trend. And I think it started like in England because, you know, those people are legendary. I like what the um, first drink last year. First drink. Oh, okay. But some of the other ones I've seen is like usually at weddings and it's oh. like they go through every drink. It's like, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, my yeah, yeah. third drink. This is my seventh drink. Yeah. And got, and by the end, they're just, it's like hilarious. The transformation mm -hmm. of, of certain people. The one I saw someone sent to me was like the bride of a wedding you know, and she comes out of the wedding and she's like sipping on wine and she's bright eyed. And, and then at the end, she's like, can't, she's literally slurring her words. It's, it's pretty <laughs> funny. So good on Shane for hopping on the trend. And it kind of, 
was getting a little boring the video and then his caddy comes back and just starts dropping f-bombs and and uh, you know, it, was, it was absolutely incredible and Lowry I mean seemed to keep it together if that was his last drink yeah um he seemed to be still uh in a good frame of mind at the end but his caddy um definitely got after it which which you absolutely love to see right. yeah hey, it's funny it's like one of those things we see it after the Ryder Cup too like with I remember obviously the the famous um what was it J- Jamie Donaldson after that Ryder cup, just like, I mean, he was drunk on TV the next day when he was doing these interviews, he was wearing like a rain jacket. Like he looked ridiculous. It's just these euros really take it deep or, or, and I'm not saying the American guys don't do it, but for whatever reason, the euros like let us see it more, which is, which is awesome. And um, so we appreciate it. I mean, you know, why wouldn't you celebrate and party your butt off? You, You win a huge tournament, win a lot of money, and uh, you're with your buddies. Yeah. Live it up. I mean, yeah. live it up. And Larry, he called his shot too. He said like, you know, right after the tournament ended, like, oh man, I got to get up at 630 tomorrow for a flight. That's going to be tough. Like he knew he was going to be banged so he up. He just stayed up. And, yeah. So that's why yeah. he stayed up then probably. Right. I mean, 630 right. flight, it's like a 430 wake up. You might, I mean, it's not that, you know, I might just ride it through. Yep. 430 wake up. You're a dad. You're supposed to be there. At 4 30. <laughs> well, that's true. I was I was saying for him, I'm assuming he has some fancy way of yeah, like flying private. Sure. Oh yeah, I would be at the airport at 4 30. <laughs> I mean, well, unless it was Westchester Airport. That's my, mm. my jam now. I mean, it's Go. it's about the size of this room, and um, you don't want to get there early. There's nowhere to sit. And uh, so you just kind of go there, you walk right through the security, it takes about two minutes. Boom. But other than that, you're right. If it was LaGuardia or JFK, I'm getting there at least two, three hours early. I mean, you just you just got to. Um, yeah, so, you know, obviously, good weekend. We'll, we'll talk about football a little later as well. A lot, lot going on um, in the NFL, obviously, college. We, we got our picks to go over. Uh, we actually realized that we probably need to record this on Tuesday if we're going to go over our picks, unless we exclude Monday night games and this. We had Survivor Carnage, CPs. We should exclude Monday Night Games after the yeah. debacle Let's just that just was exclude last Monday night. night because it gives us more flexibility. Oh, yeah, we should. Just, is Monday night the new Thursday night? I mean, that was just. <laughs> Hopefully worst. not. I mean, you got Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. I think they got, true. they're going to need some more good game. I mean, last night was a great game. You know, upset. Well, not great it, football. It was a, it was a competitive game. It was a yeah. hideous game. I mean, come on. They fumbled on the one yard line twice. Oh, they should have won by three touchdowns. They should have yeah. covered. They I mean, should have won survivor for everybody. The, penalty, the clock management, the delay of games was the most hideous. And, you know, I know you guys are killing me on Russell Wilson. I'll admit he had a tough. I'm not. I, I, that's that's my that's my squad in the AFC. This I know we better brutal. put them over. I mean, that's the killer. You bet these overs yep. games like that. You just kind of assume you're going to get that that win. But, um, hey. That coach, dude, Steve, when you were killing him, you were right. Oh I my mean, god. Wow. He looked out Hackenberg. Hackett. That's amazing. Me. I didn't I wanted to do Saints over and, and Saints to win the division. And and my the reason I didn't was I didn't trust that coach. And I bet yeah. the Broncos without, you know, knowing a thing about I, this I, I, I mean, I figured he came from the Packers, you know, I, the offense was usually good there. Maybe he's man. gonna be this new mastermind, but exactly. someone tweeted it too. I think he's calling the plays. That usually, uh, unless you're Andy Reid yeah. or Sean McVay, it works for very few guys. Yeah. You've got to be, especially yep. these rookie guys, like you got to be on top of the in-game stuff. And he was 
not on top of the in-game Clearly stuff not. last I, night. I like to say I've never seen the like of it, probably way too <laughs> much, but I really have never seen the like of it. I mean, that last possession, I, I mean, it's inexplicable what happened. And, and our boy, uh, your boy Myers, Warren Sharp, pointed out the two goal line plays, they go out of shotgun and they hand it off. Like, yep. that's the stupidest no play you can call at the goal line. I'd rather goal line fade it to Judy or something. Like exactly, it's just so the, dumb. It's the absolute worst. Um, Hack it. I like they ran a lot of screens. I love that because I, I the Giants. I feel like never run screens. Maybe they will now. Obviously, the Giants huge win for the Giants first time there. We can say they have a winning record. And I love uh, how you said we're going to talk about football later, and then yeah, we are going to talk about in. Well, what else, yeah. well, what else best. To talk about now? Well, it's tough not to talk about it. It was so freaking crazy, you know. And and uh, and our loop uh, Slack chain was just going nuts last night. I mean, we had yeah. everybody chiming in. Uh, Coleman, our editor. I mean, he's now he's now into betting. I mean, it's just crazy. He got <laughs> oh, daggered think. on that Wilson two touchdown prop. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the tight just the tight ends alone. Guy catches it. Oh, I had that one dude in fantasy, that Oka Okabunam I mean, Alberto. Get in the end zone, yeah. dude. Run, yeah. run to the run to the end zone, and then the other guy with the one toe out of bounds, oh. and then the other guy, I think it was the they said the fourth string tight end dropped. I mean, it was, it was a tough catch, but hit him in the hands on a yeah. beautiful yep. rolling left. Throw. And the one you mentioned, Russ rolls left. He like lobs it over. Yeah. The guy's wide open. It was Oka. Buganamam or whatever yeah. and it's just like it looked like he stopped running yeah i, I mean there were just in, inexplicable stuff going on last night um crazy you're right it was weird listening to aikman and buck though on a mm-hmm. monday night game you just kind of don't yeah there was something there i i liked it though i think no they they, they they make it legit i mean so much better than last year last year i couldn't listen to it uh last year it was I all manning cast yeah did they do they did that last week yeah uh, last night right yeah, yeah. i didn't listen to because i wanted to listen to buck and aikman i guess. I did i did first half manning cast and then second half mm. buck and aikman i'm too i was too lazy to go in my basement which has two tvs i could have had both last night but mm. um that sounds like so a lot. i hate when they go to the guests on manning cat like the whole fun is them yes eli and peyton breaking it down and then yes. they bring in like joel McHale, like who was famous 10 years ago, like, what, what are we doing? Yeah. And Shannon yeah. Sharp's Wi-Fi was like awful. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, that, no could hear him. And it's like Very Eli's awful. asking like these awkward prepared questions. And then like a big play <laughs> happens. And it's like the stupid, just let Eli and Peyton break it down. It's really, I don't, it doesn't seem that hard of a concept to me. Um, switching sports. Cause we will get back to football. I promise. <laughs> I want to mention, mention, we didn't talk about this before, but, I did even a video on him. Casper Rude, the guy who lost in the finals of the U.S. Open, he has his own. I've never seen this before. He has a main Instagram account with 300,000 followers. And then he has a golf Instagram account. It just says Casper Golfer. And it only has like 7,000 followers. But it's like all his exploits on the golf course. He's like a one handicap. He plays all over. He shot a 77 at wing foot before the U.S. Open started. But like again, like we all know, there's good celebrity golfers out there. But I just like the dedication to have your like your own golf. It's a finsta. That's what the kids call it. A finsta. Fake a finsta. Instagram. There you go. It's 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 incredible. Um, so I'm a big fan of his. Also, Carlos Alcaraz is apparently a pretty good golfer too. He's 19. He wins his first U.S. Open, first Grand Slam. He's going to be the next great tennis player. So 
the game's in good hands with these these golfers. I got to say, um, I, I'm I'm big fans of them. And um, I mean, look, if you're a golfer like us, well, actually, that's not true. Once you become a dad, as Steve knows, your Instagram basically just becomes your kids. But before yep. that, it's basically a golf Instagram anyway. But yep. uh, yeah, dedicated to the, to the game. I mean, uh, really love to see it. Um, what else should we talk about before we get into Colin Montgomery, who once again was wonderful. Uh, Steve, anything? I thought you were about to say something. We were going to talk about Rick Gaiman's piece that he did at golfdigest.com. Yeah. Let's do it. Rick Gaiman. Yeah. Last year, Rick did a piece, 10 golfers um, who he was going to bet on and play in DFS who can make you money next season. And a bunch of guys went on to have great years. Um, And so we asked him to do it again. And so, you know, he came up with a great list of 10 guys. Go read it at golfdigest.com over on the loop. channel there uh he points out it's crazy I, I i didn't really think about this i knew it was such a chalky season on the pga tour but he he put this in perspective um i think 23 of the 44 winners on the pga tour last year had odds of 30 to 1 or shorter it's crazy um Maybe. you know in in context the last two seasons before that the average odds for a winner was like 75 to 1 so you know, mm. the fact that almost half of the winners were 31 or shorter or not. So, you know, his point is most likely it's going to regress to the mean. You know, he's a stats guy, data guy is going to say that. Um, and so 10 of the guys in his list, he thinks, you know, are primed for a big year. Some of them are, you know, like John Rahm is on the list. because I was going to ask about him. Yeah. I mean, what yeah, we saw only, Wentworth, it's kind of like he only won once this year at the Mexico yeah. open. It just makes exactly. No sense. Yeah. yeah. Right. And he had like the 10th best year ever strokes gained Tita green and like <laughs> didn't win. It's just like very yeah. bad win luck. Um, right. Right. But then some yeah, of the other can, guys, uh, you can craft a little, like somebody takes it, John Rom to win like three or more times this year, mm. but you can get some good odds on that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then one of the other guys is this dude, Carl Yuan, who, you know, you guys are huge fans of. So, big fans yeah. huge i mean the swing what can can't, you say? can't fight the funk i couldn't believe it i he practices hitting shanks it's i'm i'm right. literally gonna have nightmares about it until we tee it up tomorrow he literally it's to like he was explaining it i watched the video i guess to get because he comes to over the top mm. sometimes um so to avoid that he brings it more inside and purposely hits shanks on the range and by the way i was watching them they're like low cuts that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a shank down the you know 90 yeah. degree angle on the range some people are familiar not a sammy, with that. Not a sammy shank <laughs> yeah. who apparently he didn't have the shanks with this this joel i don't know if i'm allowed to say it is joel damon thing he did oh well, we won't spoil it too much but right. he did have a little some issues in the bunkers from what i hear Eesh. and i talked to him about it today so be on the lookout for that but uh yeah, so look out for Carl Yuan, and uh, and obviously I'm glad you mentioned that stat, Steve, because that was actually I was going to do it last week, and then I was like, well, I'll wait till the tour, and then just now I was looking for it. He had he had, Rick tweeted that out about a week or so ago about the um, the 30 to one and everything else, and uh, how chalky of a year it Nuts. had been, and I wondered if he would change his strategy or not. But like you said, Steve, you kind of you got to bank on it kind of regressing. Yep. to the meme with that stuff um all right by the way i just like this happens to me every once in a while i i like went like this to my ear 
you know, because it was itchy or whatever. And now my ear is jammed up with wax and I can't hear. It's the most, <laughs> it happens to me. And sometimes- There's the opening of the pod, Greg. There's the opening. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes it goes it away writes itself. Like too. And then other times, and I remember one time being at a sights cup a couple of years ago, I literally couldn't hear anything anybody was saying. Other times it goes away for days to the point where I have to go to the doctor and they have to like, you know, shoot water into my ear to knock it out. And sometimes that it doesn't even work. So anyway, I might not be able to hear now for the next week out of my left ear. It's really freaking amazing. Um, all right, let's listen to our chat. I can't listen to it. You guys can listen to it. Our chat with Colin Montgomery. Okay, we are thrilled to welcome in 31-time European Tour winner, seven-time PGA Tour Champions winner, eight-time Ryder Cupper as a player, once as a captain, which he obviously won, and obviously a Scottish golf legend, Colin Montgomery to the Loop Podcast. Colin, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you very much. Delighted to be on your show. Thank you. Lot to lot to talk about in the golf world, but we'll start with an easy one. Um, Patrick Harrington, who just turned uh, 51, won his third PGA Tour Champions event uh, this mm -hmm. past week. You got Steve Stricker on that tour now. Obviously, still got Bernhard Longer and Fred Couples. It's, it's quite a competitive tour you're playing on. It is. It's, uh, it's very competitive. Uh, it's a marketer's dream, to be honest with you. You know, with all the so-called Hall of Famers and Ryder Cup players, President's Cup players, uh, uh, you know, and uh, uh, and major champions. It's uh, it's amazing, really. And and as you say, you know, Stricker Stricker uh, has got some competition on Podrick Harrington who hits the ball a mile. And anybody with 181 clubhead speed or whatever ball speed, whatever it might be, on this tour is uh, is dangerous. So all all credit to him for coming on this tour and playing so good and uh, giving everybody a bit of a shock. Yeah. Do you, you think Patrick Harrington is uh, thinking about making a run at the Ryder Cup next year? I mean, because he, <laughs> he gets these things in his head. And, and I mean, I know we know how hard he works and he grinds. He's playing really well right now. What's he, what are his thoughts right now? He gets a lot of stuff in his head. But, yeah. but he gets too much in his head. Uh, yeah. you know, those, days are, those days are past. Uh, but at the same time, uh, he's extremely competitive out here and, uh, and really has found a new lease of life. as, as as we all did. I mean, I, I, I won my majors, my three majors within two years of turning 50. And I think mm -hmm. that's your time, to, uh, uh, you know, uh, not to five, really, you know, 50 to 55 is your time where you can really uh, uh, make hay out here. Lang is an exception. He's 65 and still going strong. But uh, uh, the normal mortals, uh, mere mortals like, like me, uh, the first five years are where you try and make hay and uh, and try and do as well as one can. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Colin, how are you enjoying life on PGA Tour Champions? Uh, you know, you've had a, a couple top ten finishes this year. You you feel yeah. like your game's in a good spot? It's not too bad. I got a new coach, uh, Simon Holmes, down at, at, at Wisley Club, uh, uh, which is in South London, and uh, we're working well together. I've got a new caddy, a new young caddy who's nicknamed junior out here because he's only one under 50 uh and, and uh he's great he's from turnbury in scotland where i'm from really true in turnbury so we got on great and uh yeah i'm enjoying it uh i just i just you know you're just making some odd mistakes and three rounds as you probably know gentlemen three rounds isn't a lot if you make a mistake you feel you just you just the whole field's walking on top of you you know and, and it and it it doesn't work the same so I'm just making the odd little mistake that 
I'm 59 now and I probably probably think I should be 35 and not making these mistakes. But these things happen in life. Age age uh, creeps up with all of us. Uh, but at the same time, I enjoy it. Uh, you've got a great, great country and a great tour. And uh, you do golf extremely well in this country. Uh, you do you do sport extremely well. I was watching the Monday night football last night and it is a it is a theater. It's uh, it's uh, it's an entertaining show, you know, it is a show. And, uh, and uh, this is as well. And, and uh, the golf show goes on and, and it's, uh, it's amazing. I've, I've really enjoyed myself here in America. It's the first time I've ever joined the, the PGA Tour. Right. Uh, when I was 50, I was never a member of the PGA Tour when I was mm -hmm. uh, playing mostly in Europe. I just come over for the majors and the odd uh, uh, bigger event over here. And I've really enjoyed it and I've been made very welcome. And that's the, that's the key thing. My peers and uh, the caddies, we all seem to get along and I've been, I've been made very welcome, which is uh, uh, very hospitable, which is uh, the most pleasing thing. You just mentioned um, get, getting a little bit older, you make the odd mistake. What, what's the biggest thing you notice as you get older that you kind of have been losing in your game? Some people say it's, it's the putting, it's harder to read. Maybe you lose a little bit of club head speed, some distance. What's the biggest thing you've noticed as you age that you're kind of, you know, losing that you wish you still had? Yeah, I think you've said it all, really. Uh, <laughs> putting and distance and, and all and all and all the distance is a is a is a big thing. We're all looking for out on this tour. We're all looking for ten more yards, right? Mm. We're looking for where we used to be or or where we want to get to. So that's not easy. Uh, and it and it's getting harder you've got to work at it you know I'm, I'm i'm now i've started going to the gym uh for the first time really in my life you know, i was i was always in say in the top say 20 percent of hitters on the european tour mm -hmm. and now i'd say i'm in the bottom 20 percent on this particular tour mm. and i've got to get back to i've got to get back to normality i've got to get back to to 50 halfway and I, I need another 10 yards to do that so I've got these speed sticks going. I've got mm. these heavy clubs that, you know, that make you turn more and all this stuff. I mean, God, it's amazing. I'm working harder now than I've ever, ever done in the golf course. Uh, and yes, the odd, the odd three putt creeps in, you know, which it didn't used to do. And you think, what the hell was that all about? You know, I had good drive and a decent second shot. And then you end up with a blooming bogey, you know? So yeah, mistakes just creep in. That's all. It's just, it's just age related i'm sorry to say <laughs> i was gonna say i mean it sounds like you're working really hard you mentioned a new coach a new caddy you know some people would say hey you've accomplished so much you're a hall of famer um you've been a hall of famer for almost a decade and yet you're still putting in all this work yeah. at 59 what what is that i mean do you do you see any end in sight or i mean where do you get that motivation to, to keep trying to always keep uh, i've got i've got a huge drive and ambition still and and uh and thank you there. I've just, I've just, yeah. If, if I didn't have that drive and ambition, I'd be at home walking the dogs on the beach, you know, <laughs> uh, and uh, and take whatever pension, you know, the governments have given me. Uh, I, yeah, I, I've got this huge ambition and drive to do well, to succeed, and to and to improve. Mm. And I really do feel that I can improve. Uh, I can get better, and uh, working physically, working mentally, working on equipment uh, changes that help us all the balls and the clubs and all the st stuff that goes on uh i really feel that i can improve and and gary player was right when he said that every round of golf you learn something new or you should 
learn something new from every round of golf, whether it be uh, how that ball was lying, how it came out, uh, uh, judging wind directions, anything to do with, you know, short-siding oneself and all the sort of stuff. So it does really, uh, it does, yeah, it keeps me going. It really does. And I, and I love it. I love the competition. The competition drives me forward more than the, more than the game of golf, to be honest. Uh, uh, the game of golf is neither here nor there. It could be, it could be baseball, it could be football, but it's golf. But it's the competition that drives me on. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we were talking about uh, Patty Harrington before. Uh, his countryman Shane Lowry had you know one of the yes. biggest biggest wins uh, of, of the season last week. Um, it, you know, kind of it was a great week for the the DP world tour, but, you know, it kind of mm-hmm. brings to mind, especially yourself being such a European tour uh, legend, just what, what you yeah. predict the future of, of the tour being um, and how you kind of see it all playing out with everything going on uh, in the world of golf. Yeah. You know, people have asked me about, uh, about the world of golf and its position right now. And I've, uh, and I've kept, I've, I've pleaded the fifth amendment on, on, uh, on all that uh, I don't want to get involved in anything like that unfortunately but at the same time I really feel that uh, I'm I'm uh, what what Shane Lowry said in his in his winning speech was was uh, was most prophetic to be honest and he said that this is a win for the good guys hmm. and uh, we all know what he meant yeah and uh, Rory was there in second place applauding him and so was John Rahm Mm-hmm. Second equal applauding him to what they say, and uh, we all know what he meant, and uh, and I tend to agree with him uh, wholeheartedly that uh, it was a win for the good guys. It was a win for the DP World Tour. It was a win for the PGA Tour, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm so glad that uh, he came through. He's a lovely, lovely guy, Shane Lowry. Yep. He'll be he'll be still in some pub somewhere uh, <laughs> celebrating as we speak on Tuesday, and it was Sunday that he won. Uh, he's amazing. He took about a year off, I think, when he won the Open. He was he was he, he did a pub what we call a pub crawl around Ireland. I think he, he entered every pub and and bought everybody around. It was incredible. Uh, he's a very very good golfer with a superb short game mm. and a lovely fella. And uh, Rory was so right. He was so pleased for his friend and his colleague uh, to win. And it was a super, super weekend for Irish golf with Podrick Harrington winning on our tour. And of course, uh, Shane Lowry and Rory coming, Rory himself coming so close at, at Wentworth. It's a tournament that I, that I feel very much at home having won it three times myself. And, and, I, and I really uh, think it's wonderful that, uh, that Shane came through there and uh, showed huge support for the DP World Tour which of course was my life. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think your celebrations for those three victories stacked up to Shane's celebration from what we've seen with the video and the pictures of him? How did you, did you uh, have a good time when you won those three events? Yeah, well, well, I, got, I got, I got terribly drunk all three times. And I think I was, <laughs> I was about 1%, 1% of Shane Lowry's victory, <laughs> victories. So yeah. you, can, you can put that into perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, he knows how to celebrate. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah he definitely does. Yeah. You just mentioned even um, pleading the fifth on the lift stuff. You know, you're a great talker, opinionated. People love to hear what you have to say. Is that because it's an unwinnable battle? You don't want to, you know, rub anybody the wrong way, or you just want to completely stay out of it? Very good question, actually, and uh, and well put. I just want to stay out of it, to be honest. I don't want to get involved in any in any in any uh, uh, controversy regarding this. I think it's. Uh, 
it's a great shame for the world of golf that uh, we're in this so-called mess right now and uh and uh something something has to give and something has to has to help this uh along uh you know there's a lot of money come into the game of golf right now a hell of a lot of money i mean we're talking billions and billions of dollars coming into this world of golf that in a time where you know people are struggling post-covid and uh, we're having to pay for it and the war in uh, in Russia and Ukraine isn't 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 helping at all with our oil and gas uh, costs and everything's going up and yet there's billions and billions of dollars uh, in the world of golf and we should use it we should be using it in a far far better way mm. than we are right now and we have to get together somehow and use it in a far far better way than we are yeah very very well said you know i wonder what um you know you mentioned that you never joined um, the pga tour in your prime um, and obviously, I know it's different now, and, and a lot more guys do go that route. But what what was it that ever kept you from full out going PGA Tour? And did you did you ever almost go to the PGA Tour more on a more official basis? Yeah, I did actually. Yes, it was a time in my life. I got uh, I got married in 1990. Our first child arrived in 93, which was my first order of merit, and then second child in 96 which was my fourth order of merit and then third child in 98 which was my sixth order of merit so it was a time where i was based in europe that's what i'm trying to say and uh my wife and i were were uh, were happy in london uh everything was great so to 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 up and off to move the family to america wasn't really an option at the time gotcha. if say i was single and uh, the children hadn't arrived through that particular time in my life uh I possibly would have joined the American tour more. You know, I would have been a member of both, uh, uh, like like uh, uh, the Faldos and Langers of this world. You know, and Woozy and, and and but but I never really. It was a, it was just the timing wasn't right that uh, that I was at home uh, producing children and uh, and uh, it wasn't really the time time I was I was based in Europe. I was doing well in Europe. Life was good in Europe. So I used to come over and play in America, but didn't join the tour as such. It was just the timing was wrong. Yeah. Gotcha. We got a couple more and then we'll let you get out of here. But first, tell us a little more about this uh, I Promise, how it's kind of helped your game and what is it exactly? It's amazing, really. You know, uh, they came to me a couple of years ago and they said, look, uh, you know, we're I Promise. And I said, well, okay, you know, I'm, uh, hey, I promise a lot as well, you know, and I just, I just wondered what it was all about. And uh, it was incredible that, that they started giving me some pills. Now they tested me on this special machine that, uh, that vibrates and you click when you see this vibrate. It's very, very difficult to get it, get it right. And I was, I mean, I'm not getting into, into, into uh, 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 mathematical stuff, but I was 3.4, which was average in America to start. So I thought, well, at my age at 56, that was okay. Then I started taking some pills and they tested me six months later and I was 4.3. So that was a 15% sort of increase. And now just this weekend in St. Louis, which is their headquarters, I was tested and I'm now 5.3. Hmm. Now that's a dramatic difference from 3.4, which is like 25% difference. So my eyes are improving as I get older. Hmm. And uh, I take five, five pills in the morning and uh, forgive me for not knowing their Latin terms or their, or their medical terms. But at the same time, 
that that percentage increase obviously says it works. Now, I don't want laser eye surgery. I don't want cataract surgeries or anything like that. My God, that frightens me to hell. But I can take a pill in the morning. If it's increasing my eyes, which is of all the five senses, in my opinion, it's the most important is sight. Uh, it's a very, very big increase. And I'm delighted that, uh, that uh, I got on board with I Promise. They're doing extremely well. They have Podrick Harrington on board as well, which says it all. He's obviously... He's obviously up about 8.6, I think he is, uh, uh, with his pills. But it's working very well, and uh, and I thank them for their support. Yeah. Nice. Very interesting. Uh, I might have to look into that. I could, I I could definitely use it. I could definitely yeah. use it myself. Yeah. Please do. I would encourage that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, well, just a few more, Monty, and then we'll let you go. Sure. But, you know, we, we were at Brookline this year for the U.S. Open, and um, yes. obviously you're, you're such a big part of the Ryder Cup there. And whenever I talk to any anyone in European circles about, um, you know, what happened there, especially your countryman, John Huggin, they, they always bring up the fact that, you know, the American team you know, kind of stormed onto the green. There was still a putt to go. Um, sure. w- wondering your uh, thoughts and kind of, you know, whether you thought that was uncalled for or unsportsmanlike at the time. Well, I'll give you an insight that you're probably not aware. Uh, Payne Stewart and I were on the 17th fairway at the time, watching this behind. Uh, Elazabal and Justin Leonard were playing in the match ahead of us. And the late patriotic Payne Stewart, who is sorely missed, uh, was playing against me. We were all square on the 17th hole. And uh, Justin Leonard hold this putt up the hill, as we all remember. A tremendous putt, to be honest, and uh, tremendous putt, and the green was swarmed. Now, he looked over at me, and I looked at him, and we said, unless we missed a Lazable shot, he's got a putt for a half here, and the Ryder Cup's not over. Now, a lot of people, now you can't blame them for for doing this, because the reason was that the BBC... uh, uh, radio had been given out little earpieces uh you know you see some people walking around with radio earpieces right. and uh, they're given the scores and what have you unfortunately someone on the bbc radio five live uh which is a great service believe me they, they do a fantastic job but somebody made a mistake and they said this justin leonard's putt is for the Ryder cup if this goes in america win the Ryder cup huh. mm. that is why i'm convinced that is why that green was swarmed at the time it was Wow. Now, if it, if that was the, the right way around and said, OK, well, he's got this. But if this goes in, Elizabeth still got his putt for a half. I don't think those celebrations would have taken place. Right. So, uh, yes, it was a it was a celebration and fine. You know, God, I mean, because because 10, six down, no one had ever come back from that deficit before. We were a very young team. We were doing great to get 10-6 up, but it was uh, it was just too much for us at the end. You know, the Americans played extremely well on that Sunday, and uh, and 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 I never got involved in the in the in the swarming of the green at that stage uh, uh, because some you know because there's a reason for it, and that was the reason. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. And you bring up Payne Stewart. Obviously, you guys were playing singles, and that that match goes to eighteen. And I don't think mo- many people know that he actually, you know, um, you know, conceded. You guys were both on the green, and you know, you guys walked out of there. Um, yeah. So you yeah. know how how much how much does that kind of mean to you? You know, yeah, he obviously, just, he, he lost. 
I know it's amazing. He was in the front bunker in two. I was on the back of the green, and he came out to twenty foot. And I, and I, for his par, par, par. I mean, I was about thirty-five foot, forty foot away, and he, and he, and he went and he picked up his own ball. And uh, in match play, you know, guys, if you pick up your own ball, well, that's a that's a so-called officially a concession. You know, you picked up your ball, and then he walked over to me and said, "I think we've had enough, don't you?" And <laughs> said yeah we have yeah yeah great game pain and uh and and no one knew that once two months later he mm. wouldn't be with us and it, and it was the last Ryder Cup game that he played and uh and I was just honored to be to be to be that person that was playing with him that day he was incredible I was having a very hard time with the crowd in America I was the number one threat I was number two in the world at the time and uh and uh I was the biggest threat, so I got the biggest uh, 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 crowd reaction to any shot I hit. Mm. But he, he was—he was—he was extremely uh, uh, good with me, uh, patient. Uh, got a couple of guys ejected and all the sort of stuff that was going on, but almost to the detriment of his own game, you know. And uh, and I always treasure that he was a real patriot, and uh, and uh, he is sorely sorely missed. And I couldn't believe when we were down at our own tour championship in Valderrama in Spain. And the news came through uh, that he passed away. I just, I, I just couldn't believe it. A fit, healthy young man who had the world at his feet, and uh, he got in the top ten in the world after his U.S. Open win at uh, Pinehurst that year. And uh, a great loss, a great loss. And I'm so glad for my, for my good friend out here, Billy Andrade, who I played uh, again in the singles at the Walker Cup in 1987. Wow. Now, I don't tell how long ago that was. 35 years ago. Uh, we played each other in the singles at the Walker Cup, and uh, my good friend Billy Andrade was was the recipient of the Payne Stewart Award this year, and it had gone to a very, very worthy, worthy gentleman uh, in Billy Andrade. Fantastic guy. Sure. Well, my my last question, Monty, and just sorry to really change the topic here, but we're on a, no. we're on a streak of a uh, guest bringing up playing with Charles Barkley. I just wonder, do oh. you have any kind of story of Charles Barkley, and if not? Uh, any sort of celebrity golf uh, run-ins that you've had throughout the years? Well, I yeah, I mean, being uh, I mean, I know, I know who Charles Barkley is. Don't get me wrong, and he's, he's a, you know, he's this big this big basketball player with an awful swing. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's him. That's nailed him. it. Yeah, I nailed it. That's him. Okay, we got the right guy. Okay, fine. Not really. I haven't actually played with him. I've seen him on the putting green and stuff, and he's a real character and okay. loves his golf, obviously. And uh, but yeah, I mean, celebrity stuff. My God, you know. I mean, I've played with, I've played with three of your three of your presidents. Uh, uh, you know, George Bush Senior. I've played with Donald Trump and played with uh, Rick, Bill Clinton. Uh, uh, oh, and of course, through our own in our own royal family when he was a member of the RNA there, and then. Of course, I won the Dunhill Cup with Michael Douglas. Now he was wow. he was so interesting. Uh, he was my partner for the week. Uh, the more interesting bit was actually meeting Catherine Zeta Jones. That was the more interesting <laughs> bit. That actually, that actually yeah, played sure. with Michael. He was supposed to be playing with me, but he was very very good. I was I was one behind the lead uh, going into the back nine and uh, at St Andrews in the Dunhill Links, and he hit his drive on the holes, but then picked picked his ball up. I didn't want to get in my way to try and win the event. And, and I have a picture of what when I did when I birdied the last to win. And uh, we went down to the Swilkin Bridge, of course, St. Andrews and, and, and 
there's a picture of Michael Douglas and I on the Swilkin Bridge with a trophy and and it was something that I'll always treasure because I think he's a marvellous, marvellous actor and a real gentleman. And uh, and we had real fun that particular week. He was he was super. So celebrity. Yeah. You know, I've played with kings and kings and princes and presidents. And it's amazing. The world of golf, you know, yeah. it brings us all together. And uh, the handicapping system works so well that, you know, you talk about our, our so-called celebrities like David Beckham, for instance, uh, a soccer player, uh, his his charity day is a golf day. Uh, Sir Andy Murray, the tennis player, his charity day is a golf day. Uh, Charles Barkley, if he had a charity day, he'd be he'd be having a golf day. Yeah. Michael Jordan, right. a golf day. Right. Uh, Tom, Tom Brady, golf right. day. It's amazing how they all they all tend to you know uh, uh, come around to our game eventually and it's amazing how golf brings us all together we can play all together and uh, enjoy the game together we can't play basketball we can't play football we can't play soccer but we can all play golf together and it's the best game in the world for that very reason yep I'll, I'll have one more we'll finish on this I'm just you talk about the competition you're still extremely competitive um this new generation that's kind of going to live, it's kind of money driven. Does that sort of rub you the wrong way at all? Is it a, is it a generational thing? What's what's kind of your take on that? Sorry, you said it was kind of money driven, yeah? <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a pity that we're losing uh, some great players. And, and it is a shame. Uh, uh, Let's hope, as I said earlier, that we can get together and use those billions of dollars in a very positive way, in a charitable way or some other way than just thinking about the word, this evil word, money. And uh, let's hope we can, uh, we, can get, uh, we can get some normality back and use this money if this money is available and use it in a more positive way than just uh, uh, giving, giving the wealthy more wealth. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you very much, Colin. Very generous with your time. Um, good luck the rest of the season and, and future years, obviously. Everyone go check out I Promise. And uh, again, thanks. Thanks a lot, Colin. Please do. And thank you for having me on your show. Thank you, guys. Thanks again to Colin Montgomery for joining us. Um, all right, CP, back to you. Let's uh, let's go down how we did with our week one of our, well, we can also talk about our survivor debacles, but uh, week one of our uh, NFL picks. You guys did great. Yeah, two Good and one. Two and one start for uh, for both of you. I think Myers, you had the um, Texans. Texans. Great play. The Jets, obviously a loss. Killed. And um, you had the Bears, which was Bears. I mean yeah. an outright win. One outright, nice. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Steve went Ravens. He bucked you on that. Um, yeah. He went. What was your other one? I just, I don't know why I just deleted it. You went Denver, which was obviously a loss last night. Um, oh, the Giants. He, he outright went oh. on, on the Giants. Very nice. Very, winner. Very nice hit there. So you guys are two and one. I am unfortunately 0 and three. So I am a uphill climb. I went um, Denver. I went Saints, um, which somehow they won the game, did not cover, obviously. And then I went to Jags, which I thought was a winner all the way. They, they grabbed all the momentum. My, my damn good dog, the, the number one pick, had a sick interception on a little screen pass. They went up eight. Mm -hmm. 
and then they kind of just folded. And then the freaking guy from Penn State who looks like uh, legit um, Jahan Dotson. I would love to have a rookie of the year ticket on him right now after that uh, that opening week performance. So 0-3 start for me, not great. Um, let's get back on the horse here, though. We'll go to you guys since you guys are leading. Uh, whoever's ready to uh, three Steve, three picks you go against first. You go first. I'm still I'm still debating here. Must be said too in uh, our pool with our guy Brad CP. I had the perfect three and zero NFL card. So amazing. Yeah. Just wow. everything, everything coming up, Stevie. What's your name in, in NFL? That, by the I'm way. Daniel Jones Locker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good start. Three and out. That that'll that'll uh strokes gained on the field there. Oh, that's very sure. nice. You know, there's like this small part of me in my brain's like, do I quit my job and just like become a full-time NFL gambler? Very Getting small part. Circa, like, circa contest with uh Steve Fezzik. I know, you know, the <laughs> the legends you can do it uh all right so let's let's try to go undefeated yet again my three picks this week are gonna be um let me get the latest odds i'm pretty sure packers are 10 over the bears yeah okay so i'm gonna take that um 70 78 of the bets are on the bears but 50 percent of the money is on green bay so uh some sharp money perhaps on the Packers. I, I think they'll get it back, uh, you know, after just a, a bad start against Minnesota, kind of, you know, they'll write the ship, I think. Um, then I'm going to go Saints plus three against the Bucks. Um, you know, I, don't, I think these teams are a little closer than that and with the home field advantage. Saints kind of turned it on at the end of the game there. So we'll go Saints. And then what's the Chiefs Chargers line? Four. Four. Mm. At three and a half, I would have we did the pod it. yesterday. You would have had three and a half. I know. Tough well, day. I got Tough my day. got my bets in. So, you know, you gotta, nice. gotta jump on it. I'll I'll stick with the Chiefs minus four. Um will I? God, I don't know. No, I'm not gonna. I'm out. Uh, oh yeah, oh. going going back. I'm going to the Pats minus one and a half against Pittsburgh. Um, it's in Pittsburgh, the Pats, you know, bad loss against Miami. However, it was actually closer. You know, they had three bad turnovers. Um, Miami had the fourth down conversion so that they actually played a little better. Uh, Mac Jones, you know, obviously is terrible, but I'm going to trust Belichick against, uh, Mitch Trubisky. So those are my three Pats, Saints, Packers. Boom. Documented. Um, I'm going to do the classic overreaction to week one and fall into that trap, especially with this Monday night game. And I'm going to bet on, take both the teams that were involved, not take them, but, uh, I'm going to, first, well, I will take Seattle getting the nine points at the Niners who lost mm. to the bears. I mean, I know that it was weird situation with the field being soaked in the rain and everything, but I just think nine points is too much Seattle you know, showed a lot of heart out there. Now, I hope they didn't just show a lot of heart because, you know, they were at home and they were playing against Russ. But I just think that's too many points for Niners with, you know, their offense is a mess right now. Um, on the other, on the flip side, the Broncos being favored by 10 against the Texans who, you know, fought very nicely against the Colts, mm-hmm. almost won that game, ended up getting a tie there. I just think that's way too many points as well. I'm going to take the Texans again for a second straight week. 
Uh, Davis Mills, uh, you know, decent. Might be the truth. Yep. Might be the truth. Uh, and, Wait, and again, Lovey Smith, though. I mean, there was one thing he did. He like, it, they were at the 39 in the fourth quarter, up by 14. Mm-hmm. No, it was closer. They're on the 36, Indies 36. He could have kicked a 53 yard field goal. What does old school Lovey do? Calls the timeout. He takes the fault, the uh, delay a game, and punts. I thought that's and that of was, course, Indy drives the Frank field Reich, and then goes and ties it. I like Frank Reich. That's the second time he's settled for a tie. That's I'm bad. pretty sure. Which, yeah, I get it. At the end of the year, you know, maybe that gets you into the playoffs. And mm. I, I understand you don't want to, you know, run a play and maybe turn it over and then give the Texans a, a field goal or whatever. But they did, they did run a play at the to, end. What? He, he did run a play at the end of the game. They didn't, like, kneel it. The Colts? I thought they yeah. punted it. No. The Texans did. The Texans were at the 50, and they punted it. But Frank Wright, I mean, they, they, like, ran a play. They got to, like, the 35. Interesting. I had too much. You just, yeah, you just wanted to rip on Frank Wright. I was a noodle. Frank I was an absolute Shane Lowry had a little, little too much. I saw your oh tweet God. about Frank Wright, and it was wrong. Because then they and came back and tied the game. Him out? Too good of a guy. He did. Wow. Did I tweet about Frank Reich? Wow, I you believe he did. Jeez, I'm I'm almost positive he like played for the tie. <laughs> by the way, I had I did a free bet and I bet the Texans like alternate line to win by double digits. They were winning like twenty to wow. thirty for the whole game. Oh my god! Ugh. And then yeah. that witching hour, everything the just changed was, on me. Was wild. So bad. Um, right, one okay. more pick. Anyway, my point is, I'm taking the Texans with the ten, and then my last pick. Oh my God! There's so. I mean, there's. It's so crazy. Last week there were no big lines, and now this week every mm-hmm. line is double digit. Um, I'm inclined to take the pack with a bounce, like Steve did, with a bounce back against the Bears. I just don't think yeah. the Bears. You know, I think they're going to be terrible this year. Obviously, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I'll I'll just take Packers, Texans and Seahawks are my three picks. Lock it in. Okay, we have a double crossfire here, which ooh. could either really work out in my favor or basically end my... Ooh, ooh, are you going to take Bears? I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers oh, minus oh. the nine. Um, I, uh, I I was going to do this yesterday, thinking the Seahawks were going to lose. I love it even more now that that um, Seattle won and people are going to be wanting to go back and to that and, and think Gino can replicate that performance. I think they were just, that yeah, was one of those sucker. highly emotional sucker revenge spot type games. Game plan worked perfectly for Gino. Um, I think he's going to show us exactly who we, we thought he was over the course of this season here. We might see my boy Drew Locke at, at some point. Um, and I don't know, a lot of people are off Lance now because I don't know. He didn't win in a he freaking bad. pig slop game in Chicago. That was the worst condition field I think I've ever seen. Um, so I think they'll be back on, you know, hopefully I'm assuming the weather's going to be nice in San Francisco this weekend, normal grass, Seattle, I think still sinks even after that, that win last night. So I think they win by double digits. They'll bounce, bounce back. Shanahan, Shanahan, Shanahan will have the boys ready there. I am going to roll with Steve on the saints plus three. I think, Dallas begged Tampa to blow them out Sunday night yep. and Brady could not get the ball in the end zone. Tough scene for Brady. I think we're, we're watching the, the end of Brady this year for sure. 
Mm. Um, at home, home opener, New Orleans. I know Jameis looked a little shaky, but he came on strong at the end. Maybe Michael Thomas and he got a little connection there. That, that was nice to see. So home dog, that's, that's crazy to me um, in New Orleans, in the Dome. And New Orleans has given Brady fits. That's like the only team that's given yeah. him fits in this division. I think he's one and four against them um, in, in their five matchups since he's been in Tampa. So I'm on New Orleans there. And then crossfire against um, Steve here. I'm on the Steelers at home. Um, mm. I, you know, I think Tomlin loves these, these underdog spots and that, that that's kind of why he had him ready. Now he's got another one uh, against Bill Belichick at home. I think I saw Najee is actually going to play. People thought he um, might be out a few weeks. He's going to play. It sounds like maybe he won't be at full health. The loss of TJ Watt obviously um, hurts, but they still gave Burrow fits last week. That, that was wild. Um, I would imagine they'll do the same to uh, Mac Jones. I do fear that Belichick could, you know, give Trubisky hell, but um, I don't know. seems crazy to me. Home dog coming off that win. So double crossfire. I'm on the Steelers, the Niners, and then uh, on the Saints with Steve. Double crossfire. Um, Man, Pittsburgh needed all that time in overtime, despite Burrow throwing it away five times. I mean, all right. I'm confident. In this one. Let's go. I, I just uh, think the Pats are not good anymore. They're not like, good. I know. They're not. But yeah, the defense is okay. Yeah. It's so odd to me. And I, I like don't even hate Steve's pick. Like when I saw it, I was like, you have to bet the Pats. The fact that the, they're, they're telling you to bet the Patriots, but I don't know. Correct. It just seems. It doesn't make uh, sense. Like it doesn't make your sense. logic it's, tells you yeah. Pittsburgh, but. Any, yeah. Yep. So I'm probably getting hook, line, and sinkered on that one, but uh, I need to make up some ground here, so I'll, I'll stick with the Stillers. And again, we were all knocked out in your survival <laughs> pool, all of us, and you knocked your own wife out with the Broncos, <laughs> and so we all picked, I mean, just like incredible carnage. It was I, so I, funny. She's going down the list, like, who do I pick? And she's asking all these teams. I'm like, don't do the road team. Don't do the road team. Don't do the road that, team. And that, then finally, that, I was like, just take the Broncos. They're, they're going to win on Monday night in like the toughest road environment in the NFL. So genius, genius level stuff there. Genius, and then yeah. you were on the Den- – were you on Denver? C was on Denver. I did Titans. Titans. Remember the Titans. It was great. I, I had Jack, my brother Jack was over. He was on the Saints – we had the Saints kicking the field goal on one TV and the Bengals kicking one of their field goals on my other TV. It was just, it's everything you dream about on NFL week one, but um, unfortunately it ended poorly for me. Incredible week one. I mean, incredible. Evan McPherson thinks he's the shit. Like, I, all yeah, off season. I thought he was like Mr. You know, next yeah. Justin Tucker. He sucks. Yeah. Supposed to be. Yeah. All kickers do. <laughs> they all do. All kickers and all corners suck. All right, they're going to get burned at some point. Um, all right, speaking of first weeks, let's get into the PGA Tour first week. Make a couple picks here. We already mentioned Rick Gaiman's uh, post highlighting guys to look up for the whole season. But, of course, the field in Napa, not not amazing. Uh, but uh, you got Max Homa, the defending champ. He's actually the favorite, right, CP? That is uh, pretty yeah. wild for Max Crazy. Homa, the favorite. Uh, well, what are your thoughts going into this uh, first event in Napa? I'm going to roll with uh, our boy Figala. I think he was coming on mm. quite quite strong at, at the end of the season there. Um, 
Our friend Nagel's texting me this morning, just the Gala question mark. So we'll, we'll roll with Nagel's there. He's in Cali, you know, Cali kid. Yep. Um, yeah, 28 to one too. It seems like a really good number for the way he, he finished up the season. So that'll probably be my only play this week. I uh, <clears throat> got cleaned out a little bit, as you might imagine, on the NFL this past <laughs> Sunday. So we'll go with uh, Sahith and, and maybe a, a Wednesday night ad if, if I'm feeling frisky. Okay. Stevie, anything? The vibes are, are strong. First event of the year. Love it. I'm also on Sahith. Uh, at mm. him yesterday, he was 35 to one. So I am on him. Um, and then Davis Riley as well. Uh, caught a 40 on Davis Riley, which feels like a little value. Um, he, he's going to win some at some point this year. And I remember last year um, making a little correlation in my mind of Valspar and here CP is, has been to Napa um, to Silverado as well. And, you know, it, it's pretty tight. Like the rough is thick. You, you could get away with a little errantness off the tee, but they remind me of each other in the fact that, you know, you're going to have a decent amount of longer approaches um, and you do have to be pretty good off the tee. I, I feel like, Davis Riley is a good pick for that reason. Max Homa contended at Valspar uh, last year when Sam Burns won and he won here. Um, or maybe that's two years, two years before, but I, I made the correlation and it actually worked uh, last year here. I was on Mito. That was like the big Mito week. And that mm. allowed me to hedge on a Max Homa for some big cash. Um, and so, you know, I'm feeling good about those two picks. Uh, I'm predicting it now the, the heartbreak dagger of the, of the season is going to be when CP and I do not bet Mav McNeely and he goes yeah. and wins this week. The number is just mm-hmm. unbelievable. 22 to one. We're not going to get there, but he was runner up here last year. Cali kid, you know, Great. it's just going to break our hearts and it's going to suck not being part of it. So if you want to sure win some it. money, bet him. Yeah. I was definitely on him last year. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, great vibes. I'm going to have to hop on Tigala train as well. So uh, I like that. I like that a lot. I, I should mention, we forgot to mention, uh, we wanted to give a shout out. We have a Shane Lowry's Golf Digest schools. So anybody out there, you want, might want to check that out. Uh, Shane Lowry Golf Digest schools. They, I don't think they drink beer on, on there. Or, but uh, but Monty was talking about, about Shane's killer oh, short game. Well, Shane kind of takes yeah. you through his short game secrets in the there you go. Golf Digest Schools video. So go check it out. It's worth it. One of the great shot shapers of our generation, I would I would say. Yeah. yeah. And Carl Yuan is 100 to 1, in case you want to. Uh, hey. Um, all right. Anyway, I think that's it, guys, unless you have something else. Um, Playing golf time. tomorrow all together oh yeah we're all playing golf and and for work too that's that's player of the year player of the year update could well maybe we'll wait till after tomorrow's round that's a good idea although again you and i haven't touched the sticks in in weeks now i mean it's good 17 days for me it's going to be tomorrow mm. and that's an eternity so too long this is the best part of the year too to you know to be playing part of the year Uh, the weather absolutely we've had some rain actually the last couple days but it's i agree the it, the weather has been spectacular and every time it's a nice day i'm like i can't believe i'm not playing <laughs> yeah just, i have to give a quick player of the year update on thursday oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nine secured, hole yeah our, our nine hole league at uh at watchung valley secured our spot into the championship match and i'm foregoing a spot on the final six roster tomorrow 
uh, to play lovely Rye Golf Club with you guys. So that's my dedication. Um, shout out to the putter faces so that watch them. The team can still win. Putter faces yeah. So we win. have a team of like 10 guys and you roster six oh. guys a week. So, you know, I was going to okay. get the look for the championship roster and, uh, wow, you know, it took nice. a call from, took a call from the captain. Once I texted him like, Hey, I don't think I could swing it. He's like, yeah. Hey man, I was going to put you out there. I think I need you. Like, you should have had, should had someone film it. Like when they get the president's cup call, that would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would have been so good. Well, Thank Steve, you, Captain. I, go but I can't being, make it. Yeah, that's going to be really. It's going to really muck up the uh, player of the year race because had you been a player on the winning team, obviously you get a lot more credit than it's like yeah. you're the backup quarterback and, <laughs> and play. It's like, oh, but I practiced against the guys. I made them sharper throughout the season. <laughs> kind of like, oh my god, I won like that the... award in high school. I won yeah. the scout team scout team award in high school as a sophomore. Oh my god. <laughs> Legend. Scout team QB, scout team, slinging it on, slinging it on the number one defense all day. That's that's too bad you miss out, Steve. And and what's the deal? You miss out on the the money too, right? No, I do not. Um, Oh, yeah. So we all paid. Yeah, we all paid a hundred bucks. Yeah, Yeah, get a nice cut if if we win. So um, yeah, I'm hoping to be part of the celebration if the boys bring it home Wednesday night. We gotta we gotta come up with a a point system for for next year. Yeah. Yeah. Like break 85, break 80. By the way, I got, I don't have it. My dad has it. I did get a trophy for that father son. So I have, I have proof. And I got a trophy for my person. It says first and second nines on it. My mom's. (laughs) (laughs) Matita Conk. So good. Conk. All right. Conk. All right. Um, Good stuff. By the way, we're, we're late for a meeting right now as well so we should probably meeting digest but, uh, been a lot a lot of fun obviously thanks again to Kyle Montgomery thanks as always to our producer Greg Opry please check us out wherever you get your podcast and check back next week to see who our guest is and see if I can hear out of my left ear again Woo. give me one second this recycling truck <laughs> Wow, Greg has multiple options now for his uh, his opener.